Well, good morning and happy Sunday. And I want to welcome those of you who are joining us in our online worship experience for the first time. I'm Dr. A. Nathan Young with Community Church. And listen, I'm so glad you couldn't have picked a better day to join us in our online experience. As a matter of fact, for those of you who follow us on a regular basis, those of you who are loyal, who love Community Church, who love what, what we're all about, Go ahead and do me a favor. Hit that share button right now. Let, let's go ahead and get this message out because I'm telling you, God is about to speak to some folks. God is about to free some people up, and he's about to bless somebody. And why not be the vehicle that God uses in order to do that? So hit that share button, man. Send somebody the link if you're on YouTube, and, and we're going to dive in and see what God has to say uh, to us today. If this is your first time worshiping with us, I'd like for you to go ahead and click the link that's in uh, the comments box or in the description. Let us know you're here. We also have a QR code there, man. We want to know that you worshiped with us for the first time. We value every person who uh, worships with Community Church. And so it's always personal with us. Always, always, always. We always want to know that you were here. So click that link, scan that QR code. Let us know I'm in the building, Pastor Nate. And uh, we'll reach back out to you, man, and let you know how glad we are that you joined us on today. Don't forget, in person, we're in the middle of a series called Christmas at the Movies. And you know, normally we're live uh, on Sunday mornings, but due to copyright issues, we can't go live. Uh, and so we're, we're pre-recorded this time, but that's okay. You hadn't missed out on all the fun. It, it's still going down. As a matter of fact, next week is a perfect opportunity for you to come in person to one of our three locations, 8.30 in Slidell, 10 on Highway 1085 in Covington, and 11 a.m. at 11.48 North Columbia Street in Covington because we are having our ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. All of us gonna have ugly Christmas sweaters on. Man, listen, I'm gonna have mine on and, and it's gonna be a fun worship experience. But at the same time, I know God's gonna meet us there. We're gonna be in Christmas at the movies yet still. And we're gonna be talking about Home Alone, seeing what God will say to us through that. So join us at one of our three campuses next Sunday. Bring somebody with you, bring your kids. We got popcorn, candy, all of that for you and your children. So join us at one of our three locations. Let's pray and then dive into the word. Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are. You are truly amazing to us. And now, Father, we pray that you would use your word, Lord, to give us peace. Father, to set the captives free. Lord, bless our hearts and our minds, transform us. And we'll be careful to give you all glory, honor, and praise. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Listen, man, I, I want to tell you today how to have a perfect Christmas. I, I want to tell you how to have a perfect Christmas. You know, you see all of the advertisements and the marketing that talk about, you know, a Christmas to remember and getting the perfect gift. And a lot of times it puts pressure on people, believe it or not to try and create the perfect environment and perfect atmosphere for the Christmas holiday. 
And so today, I, I want to give you the remedy for it. I, I want to tell you how to have the perfect Christmas. Pastor, how do I have the perfect Christmas? Listen, this is how you have the perfect Christmas. You ready for this? Give up on Christmas being perfect. Don't, don't even try to make, don't even set your mind in such a way that you say, I have to have a perfect Christmas. Why, Pastor? First of all, because some of us right now, well, all of us really are in imperfect seasons of life. Listen, life is not perfect. Life is not perfect. And for some of us, because our, the season of life that we're in is so imperfect, we're already dreading Christmas. We're already worried that this Christmas is going to be a bad one. For some of us, we've already written this Christmas off as a bad Christmas because we have this idea that if it's not perfect, then it's not good. Can, can I tell you this? When Jesus came, he didn't come to perfection. He, he didn't come to perfection. Jesus came to a mess. He came to a mess. We, we've been sold a lie, y'all. We've been sold a lie. Jesus, we, we see the manger scene and everything looks all pristine and perfect. And Mary's smiling down at a baby and all of, you know, he got the cattle and the sheep and everything just looks so pristine. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus didn't come to a perfect situation. He came to a mess. What kind of mess, Pastor? Well, first of all, there was Herod the king. And he was so paranoid for his own position and power that he was one who had multiple family members executed. So, so when Jesus comes, he comes to imperfect, insecure leadership. And insecure leadership always creates a mess in any structure. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And this king is so insecure that he attempts to use the wise men to lead him to Christ, not to worship him, but to execute him. When the wise men don't comply to his scheming, he orders the execution of all of the babies under one year old in Bethlehem. He was that insecure. Jesus didn't come to perfection. He came to a mess. Watch what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Watch this. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the chief priests, people's chief priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, I want you to report to me so that I too may go 
and worship him. Skip down to verse 16 in that same chapter, and this is what it says. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and his vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. You know, when Isaiah was writing about the world that Christ was going to be born in, in Isaiah chapter 9, the words he used were gloom, anguish, and contempt to describe the world Jesus was going to be born in. God hadn't spoke at this time for 400 years when Jesus was born. The people of God were under harsh Roman rules such as we just read about. They were oppressed. I'm telling you that Jesus didn't come to a perfect situation. He came to a mess. Not only did he come to a mess, he came through a mess. Have you ever thought about how messy Christmas really is? We oftentimes sanitize Christmas. How do we sanitize it, Pastor? By, by taking it out of its context and by making it something that it's really not. When you read about it in Luke, you see how complicated the situation was that Jesus came into. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, in the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. It says the virgin's name was Mary. Let me ask you a question. How, uh, how prepared do you think Mary was at 12 to 15 years old for the experience that she was about to go through. How, 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 how ready do you think she was? Not just to have a teenage pregnancy, but to give birth to the Savior of the world. Gabriel tells her this. He says, do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He tells it, you, and he will be great, and he'll be called the son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. I wonder, what part of do not afraid did Mary not understand? Woo! Probably a lot about it. You, 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 you think the thought ever crossed her mind that her parents, her fiance, her friends, her family, the people in her life, in her circle, were not going to believe her explanation? We, we already know that Joseph, her fiance, didn't accept her explanation at first when you read it in Matthew chapter 1. And right now, today, we celebrate her as this example of devotion and faith, which she was. But Joseph, who the Bible says was a righteous man who loved Mary, when he first heard it, he said, you know what, I, I don't want to embarrass her. But what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going I'm to divorce her quietly. Why? Because everybody knows how a child is conceived. Everyone knows how a child is created. And if Joseph had followed through with his plan, 
Mary's child would have ended up growing up being ridiculed and picked on for being the son of an unchaste woman who had this ridiculous story. You ever thought about it from Mary's point of view? How it was going to affect her? This person who had worked really hard to do what was right. And if you heard and you first get this news that God's going to do this, in your mind, it seems like wrong has showed up at your door, even though you do the right thing. You ever felt like that before? Woo! Luke 1, 34, after the angel's announcement, look what's on Mary's mind. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? You ever found yourself in a situation like that? Where you're going, how can this be? I've done everything I know how to do to be faithful to the Lord and true to my family. I've done everything I know how to do to be a good employee or a good manager or a good uh, business owner. I've done everything I know how to do to be a good church member, to be a good ministry leader, to be a good pastor. I've done everything I know how to do to be good with what God has given me. And yet still, you get that notification that your employer intends to terminate your employment. And yet still, you have trouble in your marriage. And yet still, you have trouble with your children. And yet still, you have hurt from your church. Or your husband tells you that he doesn't love you anymore. Your four-year-old is diagnosed with something terrible. Or a counselor calls and says that your son or your daughter is doing this. And you go, Lord, how, how, how can this be? I've, I've, I've tried my best to do what's right. What's my, my, my parents going to say? What, what are my friends going to say? What are my, the people that I love, what are they going to say? How can this be, Lord? How can it be that I have to go through this? Luke 2, 7, the Bible says that when Mary got ready to have the baby, she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. Why would she place him in a feeding trough? Why, why would she? Manger sounds like a nice word, but if you think about it, a, a manger was a feeding trough that animals ate. Why would she place him in that, Pastor? Because the Bible says there was no guest room available for them. They, they, there was no room for him. He sleep on the hay. We see cards and images that portray these peaceful settings. The cattle are lowing and, you know, little baby Jesus all cute sleeping on the hay. Listen to me. Jesus was born in a stable where animals were kept. And watch this. Wherever animals are kept, there's also waste from animals. I'll put it like that. And wherever there's waste from animals, there are flies from the waste from the animals. So this is not this picturesque, serene scene that Jesus is born into. Right? It, 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 it's not this, this, this beautiful scene. It's messy. It's messy. Jesus is born in the stable. He's born to a mess. 
He came through a mess. Why did he come that way, Pastor? Well, imagine, he could have come up kind of ways. I mean, he's God himself wrapped in the flesh. And you read in the Old Testament, when God decided for Elijah to come to heaven, he sent the chariot down to get him. You know, God could have sent the chariot to deliver Jesus to save the world. He could have just showed up. All kind of ways that he could have come. He didn't have to send him through a nasty political situation. He didn't have to send him through such a mess where his parents were concerned. So why in the world would God send him in this way? I'll tell you why. So that he could save a mess. You see, oftentimes we look for God in perfect situations. But very rarely is God in the perfect situation. God is oftentimes in the messes of life. He oftentimes shows up in the messiest of situations. And if you want to find the Lord, many times you don't find him in the picturesque situations. You find him in the messes of life. I've told you before that we love to experience God on the mountaintops, but where we really get to experience God is down in the valleys of life. When things get messy, when things are not to our liking, He came to a mess. He came through a mess so that he could save a mess. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, we are a mess. It says all of us have sinned. And all of us right now, we fall short of the glory of God. We are a mess. I wonder if Christmas has ever reminded you of the messes of your life. If it's ever reminded you of the fact that life can get terribly messy. But more than anything, can I tell you what Christmas is a reminder of? It's a reminder that in the midst of the messes of life, Lord have mercy, God shows up. No matter where we are, no matter what we might be struggling to overcome, No matter what kind of issues might come our way, even in the middle of unexpected messiness, we can expect God to show up. In the midst of the devastating, the God we serve has a tendency to show up. You know what Christmas is? It's not perfect, but it's God's reminder that even in the mess of my life, he came to bring me peace. It's God's reminder that he came to bring me hope. It's God's reminder that he came even through a mess and he went through whatever he had to go through in order to bring me wholeness and salvation. It's a reminder that even when I get it all wrong, Lord have mercy. That's exactly why he came. It's a reminder that whether I'm naughty or nice, whether I'm the addict or I'm the homeless, he came so that the messes of my life didn't have to say that way. You know, modern day celebrations of Christmas might cause us to think that Christmas is all about magic. 
And a lot of times we picture Jesus as this Santa Claus Jesus. We have this idea given us to the world that Jesus is a type of Santa Claus. But can I tell you this? The gifts of God don't fit in a stocking. They can only be received in our heart. Lord have mercy. The the gift of God, I'm going to say it again, cannot fit in a stocking. They can only be received in our heart. And when we picture Jesus as, you know, Santa Claus Jesus, this magical gift giver, then, of course, our explanations and the way we celebrate Christmas becomes distorted. But let me drop this on you, and I'm going to leave you alone. Our God doesn't do magic. Because magic is an illusion. Magic is only meant for entertainment. Our God does transformation. He came to work miracles in a broken world. The ideal magical Christmas is not attainable. And the reason why is because Jesus came to a mess, through a mess, to save a bunch of messes. In other words, he came to work miracles, not magic. He came to work miracles, not magic. So when we stress ourselves and go into debt and do all of this crazy stuff and try to create these warm and fuzzy feelings for ourselves and our families, the reason why it doesn't last is because that's not why Christ came. He came to give us what does last, transformation. The real meaning of Christmas The fact that in the midst of all of the clutter and all of the shopping and all of the spending and all of the escalating death and all of the preparations and all of this stuff, the real message of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came not to work magic, but to work miracles. Jesus Christ came not to a perfect situation or even for a perfect situation or a perfect person. He came to a mess, through a mess, to save a mess. Christmas is about a miracle. And here's my encouragement to you. Here's how you have the perfect Christmas. Do not allow the world to push the miracle worker out on his own birthday. The dictionary defines a miracle as a visceral, visible interruption of the laws of nature. That's understood only by divine intervention and often unaccompanied by a miracle worker. In other words, a miracle is a unique event in the world that God does through people like myself and you. You're God's miracle worker. And God wants to birth a miracle through you. If you don't feel like you're qualified, if you say, Pastor, God can't birth no miracle through me. Yes, he can. Remember, he came to a mess. And he came through a mess. And he came to save a mess. God shows up in the messiness. And the very thing that you think disqualifies you for God's grace is actually what qualifies you for God's grace. The very thing that you think disqualifies you to be used by God is actually the very thing that qualifies you to be used by God. How do you say that, Pastor? Because the same Holy Spirit that conceived the miracle in Mary, it fills the heart of every believer who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
Mary was just like us. She was an ordinary girl. But God does the most miraculous things through ordinary people who give their lives to him. Pastor, how do I celebrate the perfect Christmas? You don't try to make it perfect. But you give whatever messiness there is in your life over to the one who came for it. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I know that there's somebody tuning in right now. The reason why you hadn't handed your life over to Jesus Christ is because in your mind you had to clean up the mess first. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you that the messiness is what he's all about. You give that mess to him and let him clean it up. How do I give my mess of a life to a perfect Savior, Pastor? By just believing that he'll accept you and by letting him know that you want to accept him. Listen, right where you are, you can invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Right where you are, you can invite him into your life. And I'm telling you, he'll clean up the mess. Pastor, how do I do it? Just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, dear Lord, today I'm inviting you into my heart. I know I'm a mess. I know I'm a sinner. But I also believe you died for my mess. You died for my sin. Father, and I sincerely and honestly want you to be my Lord and Savior today. Tell him, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new today. Tell him, thank you for saving me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you prayed that prayer today, you just accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You just invited him into your heart. If you want to talk to somebody about that, we listen, we would love to talk with you about it. We would love to let you know what the next steps are. You couldn't have made a better decision in your life. Well, Pastor, how do I get in touch with somebody? There's a link in the description that says Accepted Christ. Click on that link. We're going to reach out to you. We're going to talk to you about the decision that you made. For those of you who are members or faithful followers and supporters of Community Church, thank you for your ongoing support. Listen, I tell you all the time, it's Christmas time. But don't give everybody something except the birthday boy. Make sure you take care of your tithe, your offering, your investment to the kingdom of Christ. How could we celebrate Christ's birthday and give what we're supposed to give him to someone else? Let's not do that. Let's make sure we celebrate him by, if anything, stepping up what we invest in his kingdom. You can invest in what Community Church does by going to www.communitych.com. There's also a link in the description of this message. You can also text the word GIVE to 985-260-8411, or you can mail it in to one of our different campuses. The addresses can be found on the website. I want to thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to hit that like button, to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Dr. A. Nathan Young in Community Church. And don't forget, next week, join us 
for the ugly Christmas sweater Sunday and home alone at one of our three locations. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Jumpstart Live.